Hello, gorgeous people, and welcome to another TV Central one-on-one podcast. I'm Aaron Ryan. Nine has a new series, Country Home Rescue, with Shayna Blaze, and let me tell you, this is not what I thought it would be at all. This is not purely a renovation show, tools down and specs and rooms type of show. This show is a beautiful painting, each brushstroke an intimate portrait of Shayna, warts and all, family struggles, her marriage breakdown, her beautiful children, and a little person called Olive that nearly stole the show. Here to walk us through the series and hopefully teach me what opulence is, is Queen Shayna Blaze. Shayna, thank you for joining me today. Oh, it made my heart sing, that little opening. That's beautiful. And yes, that little girl steals my heart every day. <laughs> oh, she's so beautiful on screen. Shana, I know many people um, that interview will have lots of questions about the block. Um, I'm so in love with Country Home Rescue that I want to focus on that. So block fans, you're getting one single question. And let, <laughs> let's get that out of the way. Um, and it's just a simple review. Now that the auctions are over and there was obviously a massive spectrum in terms of sales, profits and, well, nothing at all. Um, what was your take on the auctions and this whole season of The Block? Oh, look, I, I felt like this one was an endurance for the contestants and also for people watching because the conditions were so hard. The houses were massive. We were in a really bizarre downturn of supplies, finances, um, market. So it was a really, really scary one for people to do. And the fact that they all got to the end, I, I applaud them. Um, the auction, well, geez, wasn't that a spectacular? Mm. And no one could predict it. And I think the biggest thing to come out of it is that there wasn't enough buyers. And that's why we got the results that we did. There was only two main buyers. That was it, two. And there was only one house that there was betting. So it's not betting, sorry, going against on the auction. And mm. it's really a case of the market had fallen so much that people weren't excited about the reserve. They didn't know if they could get it. Finances weren't coming through. And that's the reality. Rather than the price that it went for, the, that's the reality of where we are in the market. All right, that's it. That's the block done. So I want to chat to you about your new show, Country Home Rescue. Now, I've watched all six episodes and... Um, of the series. And as I said in the intro, this is not a block spin-off. Um, this is quite a moving piece of television that just happens to include renovation. The story of how the renovation took place um, and then its process was very moving. Were you hesitant at all about putting yourself out there? Because this is the warts and all Shana. Um, it's not the fiery block judge Shana. Uh, look, I think, yeah, we all were hesitant because it was one of those things that I have I have guarded my private life and as much as I am out in the public, I feel like, you know, that people have snippets of what my private life is. I've really kept that behind and, you know, especially my kids, a lot of people, you know, know nothing about my kids, only people that are close to us and um, putting us out there was, was a big commitment. Um, what really pushed us, how we were going to portray ourselves in the fact that we could just be ourselves was being on Celebrity Apprentice and that was the fact that we sort of gave people a little in insight into us as a family and how close we are and how emotionally close we are, um, that we just went, unless we do it like this, um, it won't be true. Yeah. Well, we'll talk about the, the your kids in a moment. Um, but let's start with the 130-year-old house in Kyneton, um, mm. about an hour out of Melbourne. This wasn't the forever home initially, was it? Um, so tell me about the film, The Fort, the story behind um, purchasing this home. So I'd been looking in Kyneton and Macedon Rages for four or five years for a, 
a getaway, escape, a weekender. And the kids were doing the movie and I was, of course, set design. And so <laughs> I've been was. looking, you know, they, they told me a bit about the, the floor plan and what they wanted in the movie and all that sort of thing. And I just kept remember seeing this house just come up all the time in my, I, my property searches. And so I just sent it to them and just said, this be the house and then they nearly lost it I had no intentions of buying it and it was just one of those things where it was so perfect it was really cheap and I just thought well actually I could buy it we could do the movie flip it and then just sort of see where it takes us from there but you know as you mentioned my marriage broke down we didn't have a family home anymore and that was the key to us sort of connecting in that house and going, you know what, there's something special about this house. Let's, let's give her a whirl. But I did not imagine I was going to go as far as I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A lot, a lot is mentioned about the, like the film, when do we get, actually get to see it? Well, we've just, um, we've been doing lots of test screenings um, over the past few months and we're now releasing it with FanForce. So you actually do community screenings. So if you go onto FanForce and look for the fort, you can actually organise a screening there. You can register for yourself. You can organise a group of people. Um, we're getting incredible feedback. No one can see the movie without sitting in their chair and not being able to move. The impact of this um, is resonating with communities. We're talking to um, people that work in the industry. It's very raw and it's very true. My understanding is the film um, has a theme of family violence um, and you've been a, a woman, uh, a women advocate and social justice campaigner. I know there's a story of violence that is personal to you. How far have we come about killing off the, the shame factor for women um, about speaking out? I mean, there's been many brave women coming out in high profile cases, or do you think we've still got a long way to go? Uh, we've, I think we've only just broken it open. I, I think the past couple of years, starting with Me Too, then with Grace Tame, Brittany Higgins, that just was bravery because there was no one to support them in that way of them breaking the mold. Um, on the, there are still so many people like when I was on Celebrity Apprentice and when the movie's coming out and people seeing it, I get people coming into my DMs saying that you would have no idea what I've been through. Thank you for talking about it. And really high profile people that, um, um, you know, don't want to talk about it because one, they don't want to be known as the victim because that's how ever anyone sees you. You're not a victim. You survived it. You got through. You're stronger than anyone could imagine. Um, that stigma has to really change. People, the fear of saying that happened to me because no matter what, you didn't do it. Someone else did. Mm. You you spoke about Celebrity Apprentice. You 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 won um, that program. You must be so proud though that um, that you raised all that money for for Voice of Change. Nearly half a million, wasn't it? Yeah, it was it was incredible. And you know, we still had another year of COVID and lockdowns that we weren't able to really do a lot with the charity once we'd won it. So it all just sat there. But the last you know six months and eight months, we've been able to really push it forward. And and the connections we're making and the programs we're doing. Um, not the programs, the arts programs that we're doing um, really are starting to resonate with people behind the scenes. So I think people will see next year the big impact of what Voice of Change can do. And um, I, I guarantee people will know the name. Hmm. Um, we've spoken about your, your marriage ended a few years ago. I don't want to press you on with personal details about that, but it kicks off why you decided to 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 make the house or renovate the house and let it be your forever home. There'll be many that can relate to a, a marriage breakdown. Um, I mean, 
how difficult was it for you? Was it was there a sense of reestablishing who you are after being part of a a long term marriage? Oh, absolutely, and I, I think that's the thing of. Um, you know, my, my kids have been my constant in my life and it, it is redefining, well, where to from here? And I think that's one of the biggest thing. I think a great thing was that we'd sold our family home before we broke up, but this gave me a chance to really work out who I was without any of that. So it was really us starting from scratch and I think so. there's something very cleansing about that. Mm. Tell me about your kids um, who, who feature prominently in the show. Your daughter certainly has a, a, a strong but, but positive personality. I think she could quite easily fill in for you on the block if needed. <laughs> She's such a strong, independent woman, but then there's, she has such a bond with, with uh, you as her mum as well. Yeah, and, and it's always been like that. She is. She's a very feisty, I think Jess's description of her is firecracker, and uh, <laughs> she owns that. Um, but, yeah, she's... I think the thing is both my kids have been allowed to be who they are. They're, they've, they've always been valued of their opinions, even though I was quite a strict mum with them early in their years growing up. Um, but she's, you know, she's fought her place in the world. She, you know, she's an editor. She's got her own sort of um, fight of, of what she did. She left school very early because she didn't like school. She had to establish new education for herself. So where she is today is all for her doing. So, yeah, pretty proud of her. And then Australia was introduced to Olive, uh, your granddaughter, who was the recipient of a, a Narnia room. How cute is she? Um, she really steals the show. Did you think that sh she would make such a, an impact on the show as she did? Look, it, it took a lot for us to have Olive on there. Like Jess and Emma, um, you know, we're all very protective because we know what the um, the world is out there. Um, but if we just kept talking about Olive, it, it just didn't mean anything. So she's she makes a few little scenes, but oh my god, those little cheeks and that little giggle of hers, <laughs> she is so cute, non-biased at all. <laughs> of course not. Um, let's get to the renovation of of the house. Now I'm not a home renovator at all, so this may be a dumb question. There was a lot of budget issues, um, ripping, you know having to rip things out of the house to the point where basically it was just the structure remaining. I mean, every wall was pulled out, windows. So yeah, just structure left. Was it not cheaper just to bulldoze the place or was that not an option? Oh, that was said quite a few times halfway through the process. Yes, that would have been a lot cheaper. <laughs> oh, it would have been. Um, but then it wouldn't have been a house that you sort of go back to the history of what it was. We had to mm. replicate a lot of stuff. Um, it was a Pandora's box. So it, it was the whole idea of keeping the original ethos, the structure, and then build around that. But the structural integrity, we just had no idea how bad it was. And that's because really nothing had been done to the structure. Nothing, It hadn't been renovated. It had been added to and decorated, but nothing touched. And, you know, it was done in 1890. So, you know, they built well back there. The fact it was still standing by the time I got there is just, it's mind-blowing. <laughs> Tell me about some of the issues that blew out your contingency um, budget. Um, asbestos, uh, rotting wood, that might be some of them? Yeah, look, I, th I think the thing is that um, with old houses, until you start paring back the layers, and I'm telling you now, there was layers in this one, you don't know what's behind the scenes. And, you know, you know you're going to have to restump, rewire. You know that there's going to be a few sort of asbestos issues. But the fact it was almost like a disease through the whole house was what oh. threw us. And, and, you know, I had some really great builders and people there that... It, 
we all knew there was going to be problems and I had a really healthy contingency more than what I should have. And, and that's what threw me as well, because I just thought oh, I have really budgeted for this to go a little bit pear-shaped, not wholly pear-shaped. And so that's, you know, it it was everything literally had to, I fought to keep original features. I fought so hard to just sort of see what we could do. Um and, you know, there was some that I just had to let go and some that I was able to recreate because to do some of them, the full restoration, um, they were, we tried on a couple of things, they were disintegrating as we were trying to restore them. So it could have been like a five-year project if we wanted to go down that road. I'm guessing your heart must have really sank when you rocked up at the, rocked up with a real positive vibe for the day and you hear those words, I've got some bad news. And do you know what? It just happened hour after hour after hour <laughs> day because it, it, a lot of people think the pain happens when you just go to the demo and find out what's happening. It's the ongoing parts of like, you know, what's happening with council, what's happening with laws where you think you've got them all signed, sealed and delivered before you start. And as you're building, there's these problems that come up that you thought you'd already dealt with. So, you know, and then there's the weather and then there's lockdowns and then there's COVID and it's just like... You know, each day you think, oh, there can't be anything more. I think we're done. And it's just like, no, here we go again. The weather definitely didn't like Shana Blaze. That was, the, you had some real weather issues um, there. Look, I, I've been to some um, stunning houses. Um, I have a feeling that you'd rate them very well. But the thing is, I know the people that own the houses, and even though they are 100% beautiful, it never reminds me of them at all. The personality just doesn't reflect the owners. You were mm. able to find that balance between stunning design and really individual personality that um, screens elegance and Shana Blaze. How does one find that balance? Oh, wow. that That's very high. Thank you. Um, look, the balance is you've got to take time. Like, you know, I, I've worked in this industry for a long time and I, I tend to feel like I'm a psychologist as well as a designer because <laughs> you have to integrate into people's life. You have to sort of work out how they tick, what they work. Um, how do you how do you live day by day? We are so caught up in trends. We're so caught up in um, making money out of our asset that we get lost of putting ourselves into it. I, I think not getting caught caught up in the colour of the year, not getting caught up in the furniture of the, the moment is one of those things. You know, there's there's a lot of a lot of houses out there that you see for sale at the moment and you go, I could actually turn 20 pages and see exactly the same house with just it's either got more money or less money. So that there's a certain look that's happening at the moment um that is going to be very defined of like, oh that's so two, 22. Um but you've got to be really careful not to do that. There are certain elements of those things that you love, but it comes down to who are you as a person? How do you want to congregate as a family? How do you want your friendships to be? Where's your hideaway space? What what ignites you? You know, when you're feeling down, where do you want to be? What are the things that you want to sensory ignite about you? Because it's not always about what makes you feel happy day by day. It's about what makes you feel sad. So what are these mm. sad moments that, you know, these colours can actually pull you down when you're feeling happy because you're actually looking at it going, I don't want to be happy and I want to be in something else, you know. What are the spaces that you want to cocoon you when you feel like that rather than sort of you're meant to be feeling joy but you just want to be cocooned? So there's all the little questions you've got to ask yourself before then you can start designing for yourself. 
I'll tell you how I'd kill for you, you to find some personality in my house. I have, a, I have a beautiful five bedroom house in the hills that overlooks the entire of Perth. It's beautiful. It's clean mm. and neat, but it just doesn't scream me. Um, the show really did give me some tips. Um, so I'll definitely work on that. Look, I yeah. said in the opening about the, the word opulence, um, you use that word quite a bit in the show. I know what ambience means, but what's opulence? <clears throat> Opulence, opulence is, it's a little bit of luxe. It's a little bit of OTT. Opulence is where something is a little bit bright and shiny and something that can actually um, sort of make you feel that you've gone to another, escape to another place, another area. And um, we definitely go to a few different areas is in that house. And the opulence means that it elevates you. It's yeah. something that sort of ignites you and elevates you and makes you walk a bit differently and it makes you think a bit differently. It makes you interact differently other than your day-to-day -day feel. All right. I know what opulence means now. Let's get to <laughs> the question that you know that was coming, this bell tower. Now, for viewers, Shada actually creates her own sort of bell tower that you'll see in the series. Um, I have a feeling if this was on the block, your fellow judges would be like, what the hell? What is, what, what's all this about? Now, I have a theory. Now, I could be way out, but yeah. go with me. I have a theory about this bell tower. Yeah, so tell me if I'm wrong. I don't think your passion was a bell tower per se. To me, watching the show and after your marriage breakup, I think the new house needed a Shana stamp on it, a place that is yours, a place that you can share with your friends and family, a place that says, this is me. Um, I can imagine um, being that, that strong new independent person that you are and then just ringing that bell as an achievement. Am I on the right track at all or do you just like bells? <laughs> Well, to tell you the truth, I never looked at it like that, but that could be part of what was happening at the same time. <laughs> but it, it, if you look at the the stills of, of the original house, it's got what I call this strange turret and this, this peak that goes to nowhere and it literally was just a storage unit and it always looked like the lid had never been put on properly, even though that's how it was in 1890. So it was one of those ones where I went, I just... I don't understand what it is. And I, I thought, oh, maybe I could put some windows on it. And it was a case of me going to a lost trades fair and I saw a guy making a bell and I just went, oh, strange turret, bell. That's what it needs to be. So it was literally in my mind for months going, what am I going to do with this turret? What am I going to do? How am I going to make sense of it? What am I going to do? And it's always that searching and looking and yearning where you've got to keep your curiosity open all the time that those things will come to you. So I'm walking around by myself at this big fair and when when do you see a bell maker? Like seriously, <laughs> when do you see? A, and, and that's when I went, you know what? This is crazy and that's what I'm going to do. And I think what you will get from this show is that I have a lot of crazy in me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, so to you now, do you think that the Shana we meet on Country Home Rescue might change the, I can't think of another word than the caricature version, um, people might have you as the fiery judge on the blog, or is it, who cares if it does? Look, I think it's one of those parts where I'm hoping will, people will see that I, I'm not one, I'm not a different person to be on the block and I'm not a different person to be on Country Home Rescue. I'm not a different person. Is that to be a judge, I have to have all that knowledge. I have to have 
all that experience. I have to have the rises, the falls, the the empathy, the the you know the chinks in the armor to be able for me to stand there at the block and go, okay, I'm making a defined decision about something that's going to market, something that needs to work within the room. Why are you doing the room like this? What is the market you're selling to? You know, have you overspent for what you're doing for sale? Um, so I just hope people can see how my mind works in all those fanciful things that then I jump it back to practicality um, so that I can be a judge and really think and be defined. Do you think you will monitor the reaction from the audience? Because if you monitor the, the reaction for the block, I mean, you can dismiss some of it because you sort of have a, a persona in the block. Mm. But, but if they're reacting to you on Country Home Rescue, they're sort of reacting to you. Do you think you'll be monitoring the reaction? Look, I think if it's hateful, absolutely. If it's hateful, we just don't need this ridiculous people being hateful for the sake of being hateful from their lounge rooms in their tracky dacks with, you know, food spilt down their top because literally that's how I see those people. Um, I think I like to protect other people because I've seen people go in and bat for me, so I monitor for that because it's, it's not their place to have to go and stick up for me. I really don't care, In not meaning I don't care about that. It's that... I know who I am and I'm very confident with my friendship basis, my family. I know my integrity. I know what I care about and I know what I, I do that if people don't like me, that's okay. It's We're not all meant to like everybody. We're not here to be, and I call it sunshine and lollipops. I can't be any everything to everybody, but mm. I just hope people can see the passion, the process and the difference of what this show is as some people see me as a caricature on the block. Do you think the your story has the potential to have an impact on people? I mean, did you consider that when making, you know, when making the show, I'm, I'm just a TV blogger and a podcaster. I, yeah. I was not to know that how much of an impact this would have on me. Um, I've had parents that have separated. Um, I've only seen one of my parents for the, for the last 25 plus years. And I've seen someone in you so strong come out of, you know, come out of the ashes and to do what you've done um, and you can just sit there and ring that bell now. Do you, do you think that would be encouraging or have an impact on, on some people? Did you think of that? Look, look, I have. I have in, in a small way because I feel like I've got a voice to tell people that you're going to be okay. And, uh, you know, I do a lot of public speaking as well and I'm a lot very raw in some of my public speaking. And I think it's one of those things that one if you don't think it's going to happen to you, it can. And also on the other side, if it does happen to you, you think you can't heal or you can't rise, you can. And it's mm. searching for those things. For me, it was the house, the renovation, my kids, my family. For somebody else, it might be travel. It might be um, a, a different type of project, going something completely out of your comfort zone to find out who you are. But I, I think when something very monumental happens to you, you can't just go and do the same thing and stay the same. And, you know, if you want change, you've got to make change yourself. I like the fact that the show doesn't shy away from anything. Um, this is real fam family dynamic. Um, there is chats about budget blowouts. Your daughter offers money. There is squabbles. There's different tastes in, in what everyone wants. Was it important to keep all of that in? Because you really could have hit the edit button. Yeah, it was really important. Um, and we did agree to that right at the beginning. And, you know, I'm so proud of my kids because, you know, Jess was a little bit dubious about it right at the beginning. But once we made that decision, they had that attitude, well, if we're going to do it, we're going to do it. 
and we had the cameras there. And I think the thing is we had so much trust because I I know the producer. She worked with me on selling houses for a long time. She's a friend. Um, I knew some of the, the production team and I knew a lot of the trades. So we had this safe environment. Plus I had my own people that work with me on my, on my business. Um, we had a lot of people that we trusted each other. And I think we can do that trust. You're not feeling threatened. Mm. So it's very easy to be you and be raw. And if you let if you let something open, then you let something open basically in a world of trust. And I think that's the only way I can describe it. Yeah. You've had some major hurdles in your life, but you have a beautiful new home, a, a bell tower. Um, your family, <laughs> family's intact. You're a judge on one of the highest rating shows on television um, and, and you have your own show now. So what's next? Well, um, we're, we're working with the movie and the charity. That's a long-term um, thing. I've got furniture that I'm designing with One World Collection, Harris Scarf. Um, I'm looking at doing um, some masterclasses on personal development rather than um, just about design. So that, there's that part of it too, is that everything that we're doing on the show, everything that we're doing about sort of breaking the nut, opening you to be the best you can be, um, is sort of where I'm taking a few of my classes at the moment, which I'm really excited about. Are you open to the possibility of finding love? Are we going to see you on season two of My Mum, Your Dad? Not on your life. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I, th I think the thing is that, um, you know, that part of my life was ripped open without my permission and wherever I go in my love life, that will be private. Okay. So speaking of other shows, are you, pop, you popped up on seven with um, This Is Your Life for the special yeah. with the Tina Arena. Tell me about your, your friendship with one of our favourite Australian music icons. Uh, I'm so lucky to um, move in a circle of really down-to-earth people that you call celebrity, like Tina would be the last person that wants to be called a celebrity. Um, but mm. she is an artist, a passionist craft person, um, and, you know, she's in that circle of friendships that I've got that, you know, really down to earth, kind, generous and beyond passionate. And, uh, yeah, I just feel very lucky to have friends like Tina and, and that I can actually feel safe in what I do as well. That was an absolutely beautiful episode. Um, mm. One more show. Um, can you confirm or deny a rumour that your kids have applied for you to be on Nine's Space Invaders because you're such a hoarder? <laughs> I would fight tooth and nail on that one. I keep saying no. I'm holding it for a rainy day. There's not a hoarder. It can't be hoarding if you've got it organised on racks. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> Um, I'm going to jump around a bit because I want to talk about um, your daughter again, um, who features prominently on the show. I never met someone um, from, you know, I'm only seeing it from the show point of view, that is equal proportion, exactly the same as you and equally measurable, the opposite to you. Is that a fair description? Man, I think you nailed it. I think you nailed it. We are so much the same, but then we just butt heads. Like, And I think as mothers and daughters do, we butt heads, but then we sort of like walk out the room, breathe, think about it, and then we just go on mush and go, oh, I'm so sorry. 
<laughs> and what's she up to these days? Where's her career taking her? She she's an editor, so she's editing um, a, a couple of TV shows at the moment, like dramas, which she's really excited about. She's a, an editor on a few commercials, oh, wow. and um, she's also looking at probably going into film editing as well. So she actually really enjoyed what she was doing. So if anyone le- needs, you know, someone else like Carly's personality on the screen, I'm sure she'll do a great job. Absolutely. Uh, I better wind things up. I could talk forever, but let's, let me ask you, the show was obviously filmed a while ago. So you, you must've been living in the house for a while. How is it? Um, was it, was it worth all the effort? Look, I have to say that the true test of anything like that is two things. When you're left in that space all by yourself to wander around with only your thoughts going, mm, did I do the right thing? And then when you have your friends who know you so well, the people that have known you, you know, I've got friends that go back 40 years and friends that know me the last 12 months and they're all, those types of friendships know us warts and all. And when they walk in and feel safe and enveloped and feel like it's just, they say it's so you, but also they just feel, they say it feels like home. Everyone that walks in says it feels like home, even with all the opulence that's there. <laughs> opulence. Um, but I, I do walk around with a big smile on my face. I, I think when I stay away from it a little while, I sort of question going, oh, God, did I go too far? What did I do? And then when you walk back in and you just go, oh, my God, it was worth every every cent, every pain, every joy. Oh, actually, one more question. Can I please stay in that carriage house for one night? That would be beautiful. And ring that bell. No, I'm just joking. All good. Can I just say, I've had quite a few people stay in the carriage house and they've just gone, I feel like I'm in another world. It's yeah. just an escape. And I just think, oh, wow. You know, I, I didn't put as much, I, I put a lot of thought and effort into um, the carriage house, um, but just how people feel when they're they're in there. I have to say the carriage house, can I just let you know, and you know it, um, there's two cabinetry sections, one in the garage, one in the kitchen, have already won awards for oh, its ingenuity wow. and what it did. So I'm pretty proud of that. I, I totally believe that. Yeah, wait till, wait till you see it. Um, Shana, that's all the time we have. Um, thank you so much for your, for your rawness and honesty. And I, I wish you all the best for the next part of your life. I think it's um, time for me after watching the show to leave some things behind in the past and, and, and ring that bell. And, um, you know, that's, it, it's such a, a beautiful program. So um, thank you for joining me. Oh, you're such a pleasure. And maybe we can hashtag that one of like, you know, when life's turned to shit, just ring that bell, mate, and just go for it. <laughs> Absolutely. That was uh, Shana Blaze, second fiddle to the gorgeous little Olive on Country Home Rescue that starts Wednesday the 16th of November at 7.30pm on 9 and 9 now. It's Strong Women Night in the second week with Tracy Grimshaw having a one-hour current affair farewell special that will lead into Country Home Rescue with Shana Blaze at 8pm. That's it for this one-on-one podcast. For all the latest television news, ratings, guides and podcasts, head to tvcentral.com.au. What a great chat with Shana. I'm Aaron Ryan. Until next time, bye for now. 